Truth Espresso, episode 197. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hello there. My name is Daniel Minnick. I'm the host of Truth Espresso, along with my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. We would like to thank all our friends and family and our foes <laughs> who happen to be tuning in to this episode, and uh, you lurkers too. Lurkers alike, welcome to Truth Espresso. <laughs> we encourage you, as we are continuing a series on uh, slander and a series with in a series on how to deal with slander in a marriage, how to prevent slander. In this episode, we are going to talk about the opposite of slander. How can we lift each other up as spouses so we can reduce slander and reduce the temptation for slander? And so, thank you for listening to this episode and tuning in, and thank you, sweetheart, for doing this with me again. Yeah, thank you for having me, babe. Ready to talk about ways that we can lift up each other. Yeah, sounds good. So I know the last episode we were talking about ways we tear each other down. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and through our negative words or through slander, through gossip, and in particular towards our spouse. So now we're going to look at the opposite. So we don't want to slander. We don't want to put them down. Instead, we see that the Bible tells us we should build each other up. We should encourage each other. And I think one of the first points that we're going to talk about is showing kindness to each other. And what kinds of things come up for you when you think about showing kindness towards your spouse or some Bible verses that come to mind? Hmm. Yeah, showing kindness, maybe like uh, writing notes, getting gifts, doing just acts of relieving burdens. Usually showing kindness might be something that the recipient might not be expecting you to do. But so you surprise someone with doing something out of the ordinary, doing something that helps them out. Say, like, when it comes to spouses, maybe the husband might just say, Sweetheart, you look like you've had a, a long day. Here, let me take you out to dinner, or let me make dinner, or something like that. Or let me take the kids for a while so you can relax. Something like that. Hmm. Aww, <laughs> Lisa, that's thinking so from sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thinking from like a husband's perspective there yeah so as we're talking about ways to build up our spouse you know i mentioned it's kind of the opposite of slander ways we tear each other down so the idea i know i mentioned before like if you're trying to break a bad habit and slander can be a bad habit or tearing your spouse down can be a bad habit so as you're looking to break a bad habit 
one of the best ways to break a bad habit is to figure out how to replace it with something else. And so this is how we do that. We replace the bad habit of tearing each other down with ways that we can build each other up. And so focusing on one of them, a good one, is showing kindness. And so we are like, do you have some thoughts about uh, showing kindness to spouses? <laughs> So I think one of the verses that comes to mind in particular with this topic of kindness is Ephesians 4, verse 32. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So I think kindness is one of those characteristics that has a lot of depth to it. Mm, yeah. So you like show kindness because you have a tender heart and you have a tender heart because you understand your position as a child of God, that God has forgiven you. He's shown grace to you. That makes you feel like humbled. And then it should compel us to extend kindness to our spouse because we love our spouse. And I just think that there's a tenderness in the heart and that's how kindness comes out of it. And I know last time when we've talked about slander, that a lot of times slander is because of holding bitterness mm, and yeah. unforgiveness. Mm. So kindness is kind of the reverse of that. So instead of being bitter and holding that grudge, forgiving, letting go, showing kindness, and it's not a like half-hearted kindness <laughs> or like yeah. a, okay, <laughs> I'm going to show you kindness, let me... <laughs> begrudging active yeah yeah because that's not coming from a tender heart <laughs> yeah definitely sweetheart and i like how you mentioned that it has depth to it because i think that's what this verse communicates because where it links kindness and tender hardness with forgiving one another think about it it's like you're showing charity towards someone whether or not they deserved it in a way you know the verse is teaching this to show kindness based on, you know, as God has forgiven us for the sake of Christ. So just as we're told to forgive one another because God forgave us through Christ, like, okay, Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves, what we did not deserve for ourselves. So then, especially in the bond of marriage, we look at each other the way God looks at us through Christ. Like, okay, this is my spouse. This is the one whom I love. I'm going to show kindness because I'm looking at this person through God's eyes and God values us and God loved us even to forgive us and do things you know, for us that we didn't deserve. And so a marriage is based on mutual love and respect. In some instances, we might not feel like kindness is just going to flow out of us because it's compelled. It's from what the other person has done like oh of course i'm gonna be kind you know it's like we look at it through that unique perspective of christianity that we can see each other as i said through god's eyes and say okay i want to be kind to my spouse because god was kind to me and to my spouse and <laughs> And I really liked how you kind of pictured 
how a spouse can show kindness earlier and that Mm -hmm. kindness can be displayed in so many different ways. It could be through words. It could be through actions. It could be through a note and Mm -hmm. things like that. Like kindness isn't just one way. There isn't one Mm -hmm. method of showing kindness. And I think that's kind of the fun part, especially in a marriage that you get to be creative and yeah. like stick a little note in your spouse's work bag or <laughs> yeah like you said offer to make dinner or <laughs> that night and there's so many different ways you can show kindness and like you said it doesn't just happen this is something that we have to intentionally pursue and actually like think about and it's worth it because mm-hmm. I think when you show kindness to one another that increases just that unity in your mm-hmm. marriage. Definitely sweetheart and when we mentioned like a previous episode about like the movie Fireproof and stuff let's say that you're used to slander and there's the assumption of motives and stuff like that so like with the movie Fireproof if you know marriage is in that situation and you try to show an active kindness and it gets rejected you just have to keep pursuing it because once the spouse realizes that okay you know this really is unprovoked this really is with a depth it's really is with a focus on really wanting what's best for me and to show love to me that isn't compelled then that's how you can win your spouse's heart but then also you know just in in everyday life just showing an act of kindness it can you know if you have a a good relationship at that point showing an act of kindness like what spouse is going to just then start to like slander afterwards (laughs) if you start with a kind of a rocky relationship and there's assuming motives once you restore the relationship or you have a kind of a normal relationship paul talks about heaping coals of fire you show kindness and then why would someone really want to treat you badly after that you're going to make their day don't you think too babe that with showing kindness even in your marriage when things are going well that it's so important to not kind of be like oh we're doing great let's just kind of coast here Mm, yeah (laughs) but again kind of having that intention to keep showing kindness keep doing it because i think that's Mm -hmm. where it can be hard sometimes when things are going well that we Mm -hmm. tend to just kind of neglect some of Mm -hmm. that intentional part of connecting and be like, oh, okay, we're not fighting. We're just going to yeah. kind of coast here. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not keeping up, like showing kindness, even when things are good, then it just seems like you don't have that strength. You don't have that connection and that depth in your relationship for when those rockier times do come. Yeah, definitely so we are, because for a healthy marriage, there's no such thing as coasting. There's no apex. There's no point that you reach where then you can let down and, you know, somehow you've reached uh, utopia or euphoria or what do you call it? The <laughs> nirvana or something. <laughs> like, you have arrived. There is no arriving. It always takes continual work. And, and I know some men... Some husbands might like to think, I love her so much, I'd be willing to die for her. I'd take a bullet for her or something. I remember that video series that 
Mark Gungor that we watched. Men like to think of in big things and big occasional things. They're like, I want to you know do something big to really wow her, and then I've bought myself credit I can bank on for a while and not have to do anything. But it's like that's not how it works. Sure, a lot of guys are willing to take a bullet for their wife, but true love in marriage is to do the little things constantly. Keep it up. It doesn't have to require like a lot of effort or buying something very expensive, just little things here and there persistently to demonstrate love. And that's what really counts. That's what kindness is all about. (laughs) That's actually a really interesting point. I'm kind of glad you mentioned that because I was reading a little bit tonight about just the different ways men and women communicate. And it was saying that men find it really hard to communicate emotions, whereas Mm. women communicate emotions easily. Mm. And I think that's kind of the part where a lot of times men think that they need to do something big or elaborate Mm. to demonstrate their love Mm. for their wife. But really, the wife is like, if you just say I love you, (laughs) that's like so awesome. But a lot of times guys like can't communicate that by just saying that because it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Like (laughs) sometimes they don't realize that they're not communicating that because they're like, oh, well, I just, you know, washed the dishes and played with the kids and took the trash out. And they're like, I just showed you all this love. Why do I have to say I love you? (laughs) And so I think it's just kind of an interesting (laughs) aspect of how men and women are different Mm. in that way, too. And that's another way we can try and communicate and say, like, (laughs) you know, you really don't need to go buy a dozen flowers (laughs) every week. If you just say, I love you and I'm so glad that you're mine, then I feel so loved when you (laughs) say that. (laughs) And. Yeah. Just like communicating how wh- how you feel loved and what that looks like. Reminds me though, <laughs> Mark Gungor, the men's brains and women's brains where the husband thinks, oh, let me get like two dozen roses. You know, he had like the scoring system where it's like an act of love is like ding. He gets, oh, thank you, ding. You know, he gets one point for like all that he did there, but then he does some little small things and it's, the same thing ding you know so it's not necessarily the size or effort put into any one thing it's how persistent you are at the little things that counts but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so showing kindness number one ways to build up our spouse showing kindness is a very important and simple thing that you can do to keep your marriage healthy and to avoid the temptation to slander When you're tempted to slander, just instead replace that with showing an act of kindness. You'll feel better for it, and your spouse will feel better for it, too. So move on to the number two way that we can build up our spouse, and that is positive silence. Now, what's that all about? (laughs) I mean, we talked about silent treatment as a negative thing in the last episode, but this is mostly for situations in which you might be worn out or so, or your, your spouse needs time not to stew over problems, but needs to relax and things like that. So positive silence, sweetheart, what's an example of positive silence? (laughs) 
Yes. So one example of positive silence could be just taking time for reflection or processing things. Mm. And I think this is really key for certain temperaments as well. Like, Mm. babe, both you and I are introverts. (laughs) And introverts really need to find that time to be able to just step back, reflect, process. And when we don't get that time, then it's like a battery getting drained constantly. Mm, (laughs) <laughs> and then we are going to be more irritable, short-tempered, more prone to complain or slander. So I think that's where some of the positive silence comes into play in our relationship is just making sure that we do take that time away. And the Bible even mentions that being able to kind of rest and reflect through things can actually give us strength to go on with our tasks and on with just building our relationship. So Isaiah 40, verse 31, one of my favorite (laughs) verses. (laughs) But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So waiting on the Lord, like taking that time of slowing down and thinking things through is one way that we can actually build up our strength and hopefully not resort to the more negative side of interacting with our spouse. Especially in the times when you're both worn out, it could be a time where you and your spouse might because you're fatigued, want to nail each other with problems and get angry and slander. Or it could be, let's take the time to reflect and process and encourage each other and relax. And so I have a verse for this. Psalm 4, verse 4. It says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. <laughs> Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of almost like, oh, that's cool. Like it's a way to like be in awe and avoid sinning by reflecting in your heart on your bed and be tranquil and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think this is probably one of the hard things to do in certain stages of your life. Like right now, having younger kids, it's hard to find that mm. time to be by yourself and have that time for reflection and kind of getting your strength back and stuff. And I think that's another area that it's helpful when we talk with each other. Mm, And sometimes I know I'll mention to you like, babe, I just need a few minutes by myself. (laughs) And then we can jump in to everything again. And that, yeah, it helps because then I feel like, okay, you know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I feel like you're not wondering what did I do wrong? She's ignoring me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just think that it's good to communicate with each other. If that's something that you need, it's hard, but it helps. (laughs) (laughs) And I think each of these points, like depending on the situation, it could probably be like where one spouse just needs alone time, or it could also be where they both need to be together. But either way, it works out whether they need, okay, I just need some time. Can you like handle this so I can have alone time? Or it could be like, okay, can we spend time alone with each other, you know, doing this? And so, yeah, whatever the situation happens to warrant, both spouses, as the needs arise, be willing to do it for positive silence here. First one was time for reflection or processing. 
Now, the second uh, positive silence method, number B, number B, letter B, <laughs> is prayer and devotions. Do you want to read uh, Psalm 46, verse 10, sweetheart? And then I added a verse for this one. <laughs> sure. So Psalms 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So yeah, just taking that time to spend being quiet and reflecting on God's goodness, mm. reflecting on prayer time, like yeah. what needs there are, like how you can pray for your spouse, how you can pray for your children, and then also devotions, like getting into God's word and being encouraged yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first one time for reflection or processing is kind of like just to focus in on, say, like where your heart is, where your needs are. And then this one's kind of like uh, thinking about God. So it says like, be still and know that I am God. So you're meditating on wow, God's watching over me. He has the power. He's in control. I can trust in him. And I have Philippians 4, 6, which says, Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So that's another verse that's kind of about prayer and devotions to God. So prayer and devotions, another good example of positive silence. <laughs> hey, I'm Joel. Hey, this is Troy. Have you ever thought about how many sermons have never been listened to because they were never recorded because they came out before recordings? On our podcast, Revive Thoughts, we take the roughly 1,900 years of sermons and try to bring them back to life. We talk about the history, we talk about the setting, and every week we have a different speaker deliver these sermons for us to listen to once again. So this is your chance to listen to sermons by people like Calvin, by people like Spurgeon, by people like Knox, and maybe some people you've never heard of, like Johann Tauler or Alexander White. Let us live and move and have our being and deal with men as if a dying, risen, interesting... See poor Lazarus in his full frightening misery and behind him Christ. The hand cannot alone deliver man. The body must... Co you can find Revive Thoughts on any podcast app or player that you have and at revivethoughts.com. We hope you learn something new and grow closer to God. So, sweetheart, what's another good example of positive silence that spouses could use to avoid the temptation for slander? <laughs> yes. So, our next one, letter C, is solitude. So some of these are somewhat similar, but again, just having that time where you can just, for some reason, I think of a battery, but <laughs> yeah. just like recharging yeah. and, you know, having that time alone where you feel like, okay, I can take a deep breath here. Then how we mentioned too, like in prayer and devotion and then in solitude, just mm. making sure that there isn't interruptions, I guess. Yeah. Like having that time where it's just you and God, I think, mm. is important yeah. as well. So Matthew 6, 6, it says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. It's a good verse. That's actually one that I thought of for this point, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a cool verse. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father in secret. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't matter how extroverted anyone is. Every extrovert at some point, just as an introvert, needs some solitude to be able to get rid of the distractions, as you mentioned, so you are, and be alone with God. <laughs> so the aspect here of solitude with God, you know, helps recharge even the extrovert's battery. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of solitude as being just so important for thinking of, okay, praying about how can I love my husband better? How can I love my children better? And having that reflection on yourself and like praying for your husband, praying for your children, I think that's important. And then also, like you mentioned earlier, having that time together as the couple coming together and like doing devotions or going through a marriage book or a parenting book and praying together and just talking, spending that time connecting is important as well. So there's kind of that individual time, but also couple time. (laughs) Then pretty soon you're like, wait, how am I supposed to do all this? (laughs) So I think knowing like that this is important and trying to get little snippets of it here and there throughout the day is the best way to do it, especially when you're in these seasons where it is more busy with kids and Mm, work and activities. I mean, there's a lot. So yes, (laughs) solitude is important. So what's our next point? Okay, so our next point about positive silence, letter D, is enjoyment. So whether you have to enjoy something by yourself, but probably most likely in this one, you're enjoying something together. So I have Proverbs 17.22, which says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Of course, think of the Keith Green song, A joyful heart is good medicine. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. So what will help avoid the temptation of slandering each other? Well, is to do something enjoyable together. You know, that could be watching a movie together. If it's a good movie, (laughs) you know, there's, you know, some movies are better than others for this. And so, yeah, a lighthearted, uplifting movie, playing a game together, talking together, you know, just something that's not focused on drudgery and problems, but is a break from the busyness and chaos of life. And <laughs> You forgot skydiving or rock climbing. <laughs> or, or bungee <laughs> jumping. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do what works for you as a couple. You know, some couples might like skydiving or whatever. But And, you know, sometimes this might be time where, you know, for those of us who are parents who have kids and little kids and stuff, when you put them to bed, you know, you might have to make a little bit of effort. Don't just conk out. I know you're tired. Find a few minutes to do something enjoyable as a couple to get to know each other better. Maybe play a word game. Maybe play a game of asking each other questions to get to know each other while having fun and laughing. You know, something simple. Or as I said, watch something together, you know. So, <laughs> here comes the trivia. Your trivia question. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't really find any good ones for this episode, but it was interesting you're reading some of the research articles 
I was trying to figure out how often people display like encouraging words or positive words or do enjoyment type things together. There's just not really good, I guess that's kind of hard to put in numbers, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So Mm -hmm. they said that for the most part, people tend to be really negative Mm. and not enjoy just be more grouchy, like (laughs) wanting to just collapse in the chair and watch football (laughs) type of thing. (laughs) So my question for you is, what is a favorite enjoyable thing that we've done together just random type of thing that we found to do let's see (laughs) eat cookies (laughs) Hmm. i mean we watch like hallmark movies together trying to think of some of the games we played (laughs) like oh man my memory is (laughs) oh yeah one time the kids we put the kids to bed and then we went downstairs and pulled out the Yahtzee and we played Yahtzee together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it might be hard to find time to be able to play a board game together, especially when, if you have a little kid who might want to swallow dice or something like that, you know, (laughs) when their kids are in bed, maybe pull out a game that takes like five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, you know, we're not talking about, playing monopoly at midnight (laughs) (laughs) unless it's something you want to do and works for you but you know there are card games little like dice games that can be played in a few minutes and those few minutes can just be happy fun times together and not necessarily use a lot of brain power when you're drained but (laughs) yeah i think that was One of the times that I was like, oh, this is just fun just to <laughs> randomly play a game together. Or yeah. another time I was thinking was after we put the kids to bed, we did a game. I don't even remember what game it was, but we played a Switch game. Oh, I think Nintendo it was Switch, Switch or Wii. Oh, probably Wii, maybe. Oh, unless it was years ago. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm trying know. to remember what it was. <laughs> I just remember we snuck. Oh. It was the Switch because it was Mario Party. Oh, Mario Party. Okay, yeah, yeah, we played Mario Party together. (laughs) It was just fun to, like, do something kind of random. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, I don't know. It makes you feel like a little kid again, I guess. Like, oh, the kids are been. Let's go be a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's a good point there, sweetheart. And and you don't have to be really skilled at the game to just enjoy playing it together, especially something like Mario Party. You know, you can can lose together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So just a few examples of ways you can find something to enjoy and spend that time with your spouse. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And the word joy is in there because (laughs) it should include laughter. Yes. (laughs) Like that verse. Yeah. Merry heart, joyful heart is like a medicine. So it will heal your marriage if you can just make time. 10, 15 minutes together can really go far, farther than what you'd think 15 minutes would do. (laughs) So those four points were all ways that positive silence can help lift each other up, build up your spouse. And now the next one is displaying grace. 
(laughs) So when I was thinking of this point of displaying grace, I was thinking that a lot of times with our spouse, we want to kind of see a consequence or Mm. almost like a payback or like, okay, you wronged me. Now you're going to pay for it type of thing. Whereas grace is showing our spouse like, okay, yes, what you said was hurtful, but I'm not going to Mm. hold on to that. And instead, we're going to work on our relationship and continue to grow from there. Mm. And I kind of liked this verse. It's a little bit longer, but there's just so much to it. First Peter 3, 7 through 10. So it says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wife according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrawise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Good verses there, sweetheart, about relationship between husband and wife, and especially husbands, knowing their wives and using their words in ways that demonstrate that they're trying to understand their wives' needs there and stuff. And yeah, so like displaying grace, as you mentioned, like, okay, so maybe a spouse says something or does something that can be taken the wrong way, or maybe it was the wrong way. But displaying grace could be like, you're not going to retribute that. (laughs) You're not going to do something back about that. Or you're going to recognize, for instance, like it might be like, I know when you said this and it hurt, but I know you didn't really mean that. I understand why you said that. You were having a hard time. So it's like water under the bridge or something like that. So I like this part of First Peter where it says, not rendering evil for evil mm, yeah. or railing for railing. Oh, yeah. So I think it's not like, okay, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Grace isn't and it's having that points. Ev- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You've scored these points against me, five points or whatever, so now I have, I have five points that I could score against you, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's um, also not saying, like, you're going to dismiss a problem mm, or yeah. that the other person shouldn't be sorrowful or mm. repenting of what they've done. I don't think that Grace isn't saying, <laughs> oh, you know, it doesn't matter what you said. Yeah. But in working like, it out, but yes. in, yeah. <laughs> but not trying to get back at oh, them yeah, type of thing. Definitely. I have Ephesians 4, 2, which says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Mm. So kind of along with displaying grace would be to forbear one another in love. You understand each other and you accept things that instead of responding with slander, you know, you could talk about it, you could work it out, you can forgive and just forbear out of love. (laughs) All right. Points number four. 
using our words to encourage. <laughs> I think this is a point that for some people, it can come easier than other people. But again, just really being intentional about how can I encourage my spouse? How can I build them up? Because otherwise, what are we doing in our yeah. marriage? Yeah. Like. We want to be there for them. Like we're a team. We're in that together. You see the sports teams, they have their <laughs> little cheers that they do. They're constantly like rooting each other on. And so we should be doing that and even more so in our marriage. And I think a verse that I liked that kind of went along with this is First Thessalonians 5.11. It says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. So I think an encouraging word like, you know, you're doing a a great job or thank you for your dedication to doing these podcasts every week. (laughs) I mean, just things like that. I mean, you want it to be intentional and heartfelt. You don't want it to be just kind of a (laughs) side-handed remark either, but just encouraging each other. And I think you encourage me a lot, sweetheart, with this podcast and, you know, thinking of ideas, coming up with some notes too, and yeah, and being willing to do this and co-host with me, sweetheart. That really helps me with getting it out every week, every Monday. So thank you, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Thank you for encouraging me in in doing Truth Espresso. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) I have some verses for this point too. Um, the first one is kind of like like negative, but showing the the opposite side of it, and how like okay, well, what if someone was not using their words for encouragement? How to resolve that? So Proverbs twenty two ten says, "Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out." Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. So, we're using our words to encourage each other. If we think, well, you know, get rid of the contention, get rid of the slandering, get rid of scorning each other, and the strife against you, the contention among each other goes out. It ceases. And so, yeah. <laughs> and then I have Philemon 1, or Philemon verse 7. Paul is talking to Philemon and showing great encouragement from him. He says, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. So Philemon seemed to be someone who would have lots of words of encouragement for Paul and his companions. And it says the bowels or the innermost being, the heart of them is refreshed by him. <laughs> you know, So he definitely had lots of encouragement and things to say about Paul and those who ministered with him. So that's using our words to encourage. And now the fifth way that we can build up our spouse is thankful attitude. (laughs) So we always should be keeping on our mind ways that we are thankful for our spouse. So if you have to take out a pen and paper or your phone and um, a notepad app or something like that and jot down ways to remind you of, yeah, I should be thankful for my spouse about that. Because when you're thinking negatively and you're thinking about hurtful words, you're forgetting about all the things that you should be thankful for your spouse about that you most likely are taking for granted. 
So when you're remembering how you're thankful for your spouse, then you can verbalize it to your spouse. Have a thankful attitude. Be thankful. Tell your spouse how thankful you are and do things for your spouse that demonstrate how thankful you are. Mm-hmm. And I have Philippians 1.3 where Paul says to the Philippian church, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. <laughs> And so, yeah, thanking God when you're thinking about your spouse. <laughs> and also 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. <laughs> mm, nice. I think having a thankful attitude is, to me, like one of the best ways, like the best antidote for slander. Mm. Because when you're thankful then it's kind of hard. I'm not sure if it would be impossible, but it's definitely harder to think negatively or be slanderous of your spouse when you're being thankful. And again, it's something that has to be like so intentional, but also an area that it's easy Hmm. to get away from and like neglect it and only focus on the negative parts or like oh, he did this again, or she said that, instead of focusing on those parts of it and the negative part of it, being like, oh, I'm just so thankful I get to be married to this person (laughs) and spend my life with them. And so I have a 1 Thessalonians verse (laughs) 2. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 18, it says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And this is something that I really miss, but I think was just important that I did this before. But when we were first married, let me think. So it must have been the first three years, probably. Okay. So yeah. we got married on a Monday. Yeah. And that was the only date that was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but every Monday, I would write you a note about something I was thankful for. Mm. And <laughs> after the three years, <laughs> we just got so busy mm. with the kids. But. Yeah. I liked that time because it just made me think of so many different things about you that it's like, wow, I'm thankful for your patience and I'm thankful for your prayers and I'm thankful for your kindness. Like, I mean, there's so many parts of your spouse that you can be thankful for, but you have to Mm -hmm. take that time and reflect on it. Yeah. When you're not thinking about ways to be thankful for your spouse, you know, a recipe for slander, when it comes to slandering your spouse, it's like, okay, it could be some immediate now thing. Okay, this one thing that happened right now, a mistake or just some little thing, then it's like that becomes the focus as if that defined your marriage or something. Or then you take that and you lead to something in the past, like you did this also, you know, a few years ago or this nasty habit or something like that. But then it's like, what does that do? It makes you gloss over, forget all of the amazing things you should be thankful for that your spouse did like 
how many times, you know, like say your wife has been doing laundry and taking care of kids and how many, you know, can you count how many meals she's made? Just so many things that you should be reflect on and be thankful for. It's just pushed to the side and now because they did this one little thing and you're uh, frustrated about it and then you resort to slander, you know, that's... (laughs) One of the solutions to slandering is to stop and think about, wow, (laughs) I have a lot to be thankful for. And now let me demonstrate how I'm thankful for that. I think that's where some of that positive silence we were talking about earlier is a good step for Mm. this. So if there is a conflict, instead of just letting whatever emotion or negative thought comes to mind come out of your mouth right away. Just taking that time and going away and reflecting on it, praying about it. Maybe even this is a good time to look through the scriptures and see like, okay, how should I approach this? And then also reflecting on, I think like it's (laughs) kind of a thing that they do for positive thinking that we see with people who struggle with like depression or anxiety but it just seems like this would be a good practice too when you're in that time of solitude and reflecting think of three things that you're thankful for and then go and reapproach the situation in your spouse. And most likely the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and you would have a softer, more graceful, more kind interaction with your spouse that's going to build your marriage. I mean, even if it is something that needs to be addressed, yeah. you work on it together. Yes. It's not a me against you. Yeah. Who's going to win the yeah, argument? <laughs> exactly. So you are. How would you think, you know, say your spouse has something to work on. How would they be more likely to be willing to work on something that should be improved by, you know, you making an issue of it and using it as a dart in her heart or his heart or demonstrating thankfulness for all the good things that he or she does and so you know when you build up your spouse with that thankful attitude then they in turn might want to you know i want to get through this problem this issue and improve because my spouse is thankful for me you know as you said it's a together thing not a war against each other (laughs) Castle Rock Women's Health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of Castle Rock, Colorado and the surrounding areas. Castle Rock Women's Health offers well-women care, prenatal care, extended postpartum care, licensed clinical Christian counseling, fertility awareness, hormone therapy, childbirth classes, STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office. Please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH. 
That's givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. So now, number six way that we can build up our spouse is forgiveness. And I mentioned forbearing and showing grace, but forgiveness, there's that depth. There's that working out the issue, I did wrong, please forgive me, you know. And sometimes in a marriage, that can be something where forgiving something that's serious, if there's repentance, you know, like say there's... It could be anything from a little thing like um, I said I would do something and I forgot and please forgive me to something more serious like unfaithfulness in a marriage or someone secretly spends all the savings and blows it on, you know, alcohol or something. I don't know. Just thinking of something really bad like that. But there's a turning around. There's a repentance and please forgive me and stuff like that forgiveness is important recipe in avoiding slander in a marriage and colossians 3:13 the apostle paul says forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as christ forgave you so also do ye so yeah this is one of those core tenets of christianity that demonstrates that well christ forgave me much so because i can in repentance and I came looking for forgiveness from Christ and because I'm repentant Christ forgave me so then my spouse you know has done wrong but is repentant and we'll have an episode or so as we want to talk about biblical forgiveness later on but yeah if your spouse is really in need of forgiveness and asking for it in repentance and so then as the love of your life you know, you want to grant forgiveness forgive each other as Christ forgave you and that's really important in healing a marriage and especially you know as it might seem to you that you know if your spouse is done you wrong and wants your forgiveness to focus on the wrong and use that as a weapon for slander but rather than slander forgive (laughs) Mm. i like that verse too in colossians and i think it's interesting how right before verse 13 so in verse 12 he's talking about put on therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved bowels of mercies kindness Mm. humbleness of mind meekness long-suffering And then it goes into forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And then I think in 14, it kind of Mm. gives you like, okay, when you do this, this is what happens. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectiveness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful." There's so much wrapped up in these verses (laughs) of what we talked about that, okay, when we love each other, then we're going to be showing kindness. We're going to be long-suffering. We're going to be forgiving. That helps us be thankful. And God's peace is going to rule in our hearts when we strive for this. And again, it's not something that just happens. And it's something like we constantly struggle with. I mean, we've got our flesh still, so 
that sin nature wants to pull us away from this and wants to bring us down the path of negativity and slander. And so it takes work. It takes the power of Christ in us to have these kinds of characteristics in our marriage. You said those those verses in Colossians 3, they seem to cover like most of these points here. (laughs) So yeah, forgiveness is important. And finally, number seven, the last way that we can build up our spouse is intentional time together. Now we kind of talked about this in point number two about positive silence, but this doesn't have to be silence or, you know, calmness or whatever, but it's the general principle of being intentional about finding time that you can be together and I actually had Colossians 3.14 for this one, where it says, Mm -hmm. Above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. (laughs) So it's like finding intentional time to spend with each other, to build each other up, is an act of love. So when you're putting on love, that helps you to bond with each other. It's the bond of perfectness or completeness. So mm-hmm. a marriage cannot be complete. You know, a marriage that's going to avoid slander and be, you know, what marriage is intended to be means that you have to find time intentionally to be with each other. <laughs> and yes, especially when we have kids the ability to do that on a whim sometimes can be more difficult. So intentional is the key word there. You know, if you have to schedule it here and there, a few minutes here and there, or after the kids are in bed, as we often do, it's got to be intentional. I think that makes it kind of, in some ways, part of loving each other is together intentionally figuring that out <laughs> as we both need. I think this one is kind of an interesting point because I feel like a lot of people who don't know Christ, that they see spending time with their spouse as a negative thing Mm, and almost like, oh, if I spent more time with my spouse, then we would just fight more. Hmm. But when you're looking at God's word and it's saying, no, spend time with each other, get to know each other, like. This creates a stronger bond with your spouse, and it's totally different than what they think. And I think the scriptures that I was thinking of for this um, was Proverbs 5.18. I'll just read the second part here. Um, It says, Rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Mm, It's like a good thing to be with your spouse. It's Mm. a joyful thing to spend that time with them. And when you connect more and you have that depth in your relationship, then you're probably less prone to slander. And if there is slander, it's maybe more recognizable. And I don't know, maybe you're more quick to say, oh my goodness, I did not mean it that way. Will you please forgive me? And Mm, I think that when there's that good foundation of intentional connection and time together, then that helps when these little bumps come along the way. Good points there as we wrap up ways that we build up our spouse. And so number one was show kindness. Number two, positive silence. Number three, displaying grace. Number four, using our words to encourage. Number five, 
thankful attitude. Number six, forgiveness. And finally, number seven, intentional time together. All of those important points for a healthy marriage and ways to build up and avoid slander. So I hope that these points were an encouragement to you, our listeners, especially those of you who are married, but not to exclude those who aren't because it's definitely a good idea. If you're hoping to get married, be prepared to make your marriage great from the start and throughout your marriage by knowing ahead of time what to avoid and what to do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Truth Espresso, and we highly encourage you to stay tuned for next week as we continue our series talking about slander and how we can avoid slander with others other than our spouse, other Christians, co-workers, friends, family, neighbors. And so, God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 